Hello and welcome to Under the Kotatsu. I'm your host, Austin, joined as always by Danny. Hello. And Danielle. Hey, nerds. And we are back to finish off the Madoka Magica TV series. Um, but before we get into that, uh, let's see what everybody is drinking. Uh, what are you uh, digging into, Danny? So I'm having a nice port wine from a local vineyard uh, nearby here. Um, so the state I'm in is, it's not like super well known all over for their wine but they definitely have like a strong wine market and there's a lot of vineyards nearby so i was visiting my old university and on the way home stopped by this vineyard picked up a bottle of their port which i really like so i'm having some of what pegasus would call fruit juice but is a nice glass of port wine unfortunately you did not get um croquet or as he's known in the japanese Yu-Gi-Oh, uh mr crockett's to pour it for you and I have um, no um, gorgonzola cheese, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we could we could all only wish to live life to the fullest, like Pegasus. Uh, Danielle, what are you drinking? I have a black coffee and some mineral water because I need caffeine and to get hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'll I'll let you decide if you want to say why that is or not. It's, I mean, it relates to the show we watch. If you were seeing my tweets about the show last night, I think it was very obvious that I was not sober. <laughs> Never watch uh, the last episode to Madoka Magica uh, sober. Don't do it, kids. I made that mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I almost made the mistake of watching it like during the day. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm saving this for like one o'clock in the morning, as God intended. Um, I'm also drinking black coffee and some water. Pretty sure the first time I saw the uh, series, it was like only super late at night. So, you know. Sometimes shows are just like that, you know, like, uh, like I was rewatching Twin Peaks last October and was like, this is not the kind of show you watch during the day. You like settle in for the night with a show like that. Um, but yeah, we finished the Monica Magica TV series. We still got the rebellion movie. I keep wanting to call it the rebuild (laughs) movie, but that's (laughs) Ava, uh, rebuild of Monica Magica rebellion. Uh, but we finished the TV series this time, so we're going to work through the last six episodes of that. Uh, anyone got anything to say big picture-wise before we just dive into the, the first episode? You know, I was, I, like, going into Madoka, I was thinking, like, I was going to be like, damn, the show has some problems. But after, you know, finishing it, I'm like, the show has some problems, but I, I'm still a big fan of it, honestly. I will say I, I, it's, I went on a journey. It's hard for me to hate, um, like, was girls being gay on screen yeah it definitely got gay and i was like okay i could pay attention to this show much more easily (laughs) um but this these six episodes had some low moments for me where i was like this show is trash i hate everything about it and then some really high moments for me uh towards the end that i was like i think i think the show might have won me over in in the end um (laughs) but i guess we'll we'll get into those feelings as we we get to the end um but i hated it yeah <laughs> i thought i thought that's where i saw that going. coming i'm not gonna lie uh, um i'm reminded a lot of cowboy bebop and the discussions that we had there um about setting up your ending and i think this one does a lot better of a job setting up the ending um than bebop did because bebop really did come out of left field and you know all the characters just kind of shifted their tone whereas this one 
there are like implications and you know sometimes explicit sometimes implied um notions for these feelings kind of under the surface um but it just did not click well for me um I, I i think if the show either had a little more room to breathe with more episodes or if it just kind of cut out some stuff uh or or like shortened some stuff down it would have been a lot more impactful um but it, it just did not hit me quite right i had some similar kind of structural issues with it i feel like i'm still not sure where i land ultimately i guess i'll say i think it's a good show a decent show uh but i think it could have been a great show if they were some broad changes made to how they get to where they eventually get in the end as well i'll say for now but yeah um, i will say the last episode felt better than the preceding episodes like six six through um or not seven seven through ten or seven through eleven i'm mm-hmm. forgetting how many seven yeah. eleven seven eleven um they were they were rough and like towards the end of eleven go is there are twelve episodes right I'm not, yes okay <laughs> thank God. So my brain's just like what um so the end towards the end of the eleventh episode going into the twelfth maybe it's end of ten beginning I think you're right whatever. because I felt similar I felt like beginning of like episode 11 i was like fuck this table. shit i'm out and then yeah exactly once they get all the the plot lore out of the way and it just lets the finale happen shit's good yeah like once humra like breaks down and like hugs Monica, and then like it goes from there it's like okay i'm starting to see why so i remember it reminds me of something that like a high school english teacher told me um he just wrote uh, like on a paper like it's like a short story it's like a creative writing class and at the end of the the story he just wrote the the word ah like you know like a sigh of relief and i was like hey what what does this mean and he said it didn't leave a bitter taste on my mouth it had a very sweet it left a sweet taste on my mouth it was refreshing it made me go ah and he kind of stressed that that's a lot of what you need to salt like to make a story resonate with people people really remember a solid beginning and a really solid end the kind of thing that when you finish it you go oh like huh that was that was good you can do a lot of shit in the middle that people will forget or forgive uh when if you have a good beginning and ending like you know there are some exceptions where people will it'll be so egregious they quit or it like really drags on so they quit but like you can have a middling middle but like a really good ending and people will still be like oh my god like that show was really impactful it was so beautiful yeah like i'll agree with you that the middle was like was definitely weaker than the beginning and the ending but i think my overall opinions are a lot more positive than yours yeah i think i think so i think i think it's just one of those things where i can't say i can't recommend i mean we'll get into this way later uh in, in about three hours from now but um i have a much more negative feeling about the show because i can't look past the misery that was the middle chunk of this show <laughs> I'm curious um, how much the uh, the compilation movies fix the middle. I would be oh. very curious. I might I might do that as extra credit before the next episode. I could definitely see this working in a way where they, like I said, they either like let this like breathe out a little more, or they just like really Condense. tighten it up. Yeah. Um, and I could definitely see uh, uh, the first two compilation movies really fixing a lot of my problems. Because I, I, I think it's kind of similar to Gundam in that there's like whole like kind of fights and stuff that are just cut out of the, the movies. And I feel like that would actually be to this show's benefit if like not every single witch is in the, the final uh, product or whatever. Yeah, compiling 11 episodes is a lot 
easier to do than compiling 49 yeah. or whatever it was because you're you're ultimately working with pretty similar runtimes so you're not trying to condense like 13 hours of material into you know eight hours or whatever it's probably worse than that for gundam but mm. okay well i think we should just get into yeah, it yeah let's yeah uh, let's, let's do it since we got all the cards out on the table um uh, so we started with episode seven this time uh let me pull up my notes to get the better names not the names that are on wikipedia Episode 7 is called, Can You Accept Your True Feelings? Um, Sayaka gets angry at Kyubei for not talking to her about her soul's relocation as part of her contract. In response, Kyubei explains this to her. He painfully punishes Sayaka by touching her soul gem because she was not hurt, hurt by Kyoko. The next day, Madoka asks Kimura about Kyubei not mentioning his manipulation of Sayaka's soul gem to them. Kyoko talks with Sayaka, taking her... Uh, to a church which belonged to her father before he was excommunicated for his controversial beliefs. She explains how she made a contract with Kyubei so that people would listen to her father's sermons, uh, but when he found out about her wish, he broke down and killed himself and his family, leaving Kyoko alone. Sayaka apologizes to Kyoko, but refuses to listen to her advice to live for herself. The next day, Kyosuke returns to school, but Sayaka avoids talking to him. Hitomi confronts her about it and reveals she is also in love with Kyosuke, giving Sayaka one day to confess to him before she does. Sayaka breaks down in front of Madoka, believing that she can never be with Kyosuke as she feels she is no longer human. As Sayaka fights against a witch that night, she ignores Kyoko's help and recklessly attacks the witch without regard to the damage caused to her body, laughing maniacally. I feel like I just Epis- went on a whole trip again reading that. I kind of that's, forgot that's so about much. this episode. Episode 7, the heads ruin everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did love Kyubei uh, uh, basically reiterated what Austin, you said last episode of like, you didn't ask. Like, yeah. You can't be mad at this kid or the, the little cat. Because you didn't ask. <laughs> my first note is literally, you should have read the Eula Sayaka. <laughs> yeah, um, literally. My first note is, damn, Sayaka's mad that she didn't read the Eula now. <laughs> no, I, but I would say, no, like, QB is obviously, like, <laughs> fucking, you know, like, like a monster for doing these kinds of things. But because of not knowing the, um, like, uh, how human emotions work at all. Like, I'm fine with him being edgy there. What I didn't like was the scene of him physically torturing Sayaka. I I didn't need to see that. (laughs) It was going too far there. Like, this is a fucking magical girl show. Like, the power of emotions solving everything is what I want to see out of magical girls shows, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, to kind of dip into the finale, like, this was one of the things that uh, saved the show for me it's like oh okay it maybe does get the appeal of magical girl shows a bit more than like the previous 11 episodes did which is like yeah just like having hope and believing in spite of fucking everything in spite of the heat death of the universe is like the good shit like that's what you should believe in um anyway to try to get a bit more backtrack because again reading through that description reminded me of how fucking buck wild this episode is and this isn't even the episode where the entropy stuff comes in which is buck wild um uh, i feel like we had to tackle that because like yes and it's like uh, i you know <laughs> made that meme the other day of just found out about entropy damn that shit sucks i mean it's, it's kind of a big shadow over these episodes but um the the one thing I wanted to dig into with this episode in particular to kind of carry off of episode six when they bring up that the soul gems literally house their souls because, oh, hey, I guess they're called that for a reason. I don't I this is one of the things where I'm like, I wish the show interrogated with this idea more than how they just kind of take it matter of fact is 
Sayaka and Homura and basically anybody that's a magical girl show just finding out about the soul gems and being like, oh, I guess I'm no longer human. It's like, well, you are. Like, I, I don't think just because your soul is now external to your body doesn't make you any more or less human. Like, you still feel the same emotions and, you know, react the same ways. Like, Sayaka's still jealous about Hitomi and Kyosuke and all that stuff. I don't, I don't think her soul being detached from her body makes her any less human than she was before she became a magical girl show. And, like, I get that, like, she would question that, but I kind of wish characters would be like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> you're still human, yeah. Sayaka. Instead of it just, the show's just kind of like, yep, I guess she's not a human anymore. God. S- sucks to be her. Like, I'm just now thinking, like, oh, she'll let Yoko Taro do that. And now I'm just thinking, like, Yoko Taro does the, uh, the whole, like, very edgy but ultimately hopeful at the at the end thing way fucking better than a Robochi. Mm-hmm. And let Yoko Taro make a magical girl show, please. Yes! <laughs> Wait, is... I haven't played the Nier games. Are those just, like, secretly magical girl shows on a scale of, like, 1 to 10? <laughs> How magical girl show is Nier Automata? No, but they, like, discuss the uh, relationship between the body and humanity a lot, so... I, need to, I really need to play that game. People say stuff like that, and I'm like, damn, video games do that? Because <laughs> most video <laughs> games are fucking stupid as shit. No, um, yeah, obviously, the only good types of video games are open-world games where you just, you know, go find, like, 500 feathers or some shit, and uh, sad dad games. Those are the two genres. Back to Sayaka. Mm-hmm. There's the scene where... Um... She's like, like, oh, I'm going to lose Kyosuke to Hitomi because how can I kiss him with these cold lips and these like hold my hold him with these cold hands? And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, she calls herself a zombie. And I'm like, wait, is your body literally like cold? Like that would be yeah. fucked up if it's like, oh, I'm literally like a walking corpse. I have no heat in me anymore. But I don't that's not the implication I as a teenager from... being melodramatic. Yes, but again, it's like, where, where, why is Monica not like, no, you're wrong, I can feel your hands, they're full of warmth, kiss me, Sayaka, like, why is that not <laughs> anybody's response? Lips. Yeah. Other than just, the show is clearly trying to be melodramatic and edgy, and that would undercut that as someone were to just say, no, you're wrong. Yeah, the only person that I could see, not necessarily being right, but like, having that as like a, this is like my actual thought process, would be Homura who obviously it's revealed that she's gone through a million timelines or whatever. Mm -hmm. So like, she could at least be like, you know, I'm out of, I'm not of this time. I'm from a different world. I'm not human anymore because I've transcended time, et cetera, et cetera. Which she does have that. Yeah. She does get that scene later on where she basically does say that where she's Oh, no, she does. She says it multiple times. She's like, Oh, maybe it's because I'm not human anymore. Well, she says that in this episode, I think, or maybe the next one, and it seems to resonate the same way that Sayaka says it. But then in a later episode, once we realize the timeline stuff is going on, it takes on that different meaning, like you're saying, of like, oh, no, she has every right to be like, I'm not human anymore because she's gone through some shit. Right. So yeah, when Sayaka says it's just like, hmm? (laughs) Like, you were doing just fine just a bit ago, but okay. Yeah. Um, And then we get the backstory on, I think, still my least favorite character. She definitely had a, a... a worse introduction than she ended up like when she left the show, but Kyoko probably still like least favorite character. They go to what I described as a cool Dark Souls location uh, <laughs> in my notes. The There's church. that. And I mean, the honestly, I love the the backdrop for this scene. It's just Shinbo doing Shinbo things. Well, here it makes sense. Like cathedrals tend to have that kind of like big, big, big architecture. It's the the problem is that this scene is is very similar to the bathroom, very similar to the classroom. So it's like, wait, why is everywhere like this? 
yeah i did also like uh the look of this location i i don't even know where to start with the scene <laughs> I, I didn't take a lot of notes on it other than just uh like oh well that sure was a, a whole thing huh <laughs> um like, i don't talking about kyoko's flashback yeah I, I don't know what to make of her father um and his whole thing of like he started to like preach doctrine outside of the church and then got shunned for that and then she she wished that he had followers but like seemed like oh i don't like i don't know if the show wants me to be like oh he was just he was just preaching what he believed in like no it sounds like he was like starting a cult like that's how cults start yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and i'm not like comfortable enough with uh knowing japan's history of similar cults to really comment on it i was thrown off by the line and then he found out about my wish and you know started drinking and killed himself and the family it's like how did he find out did you did you tell him or she probably that's a good question he probably saw her like in the magical girl outfit or something saw her in their um cathedral like bathroom (laughs) the the magical girl outfit dad i can explain (laughs) it's a phase dad one thing I did like about this scene, though, was, like, uh, the characters in the flashback looked like fakers on, like, popsicle sticks, and there's, like, one or two shots of Kyoko holding the little characters on the popsicle sticks, and I thought that was cool. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I liked the visual style of, of the flashback uh, yeah. overall. Um, I, I don't like that it turned into uh, drinking and suicide, because, of course, that's where the show goes with that. I bet it was a witch's curse, too. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the true nature of Magical Girls. <laughs> Wasn't that, like, pretty explicitly it was a witch that did it in the flashback? Because they thought it was. Did they say that? Yeah, they said he, like, had, like, the witch's mark on him or something. Oh, I probably must have missed that. Like, Kilka was told to fuck off, and then a witch came and made everything worse. Yeah. Oh, okay, yes. That, okay, yes. I understand, yeah. Um, Kyoko's got, like, a bag of apples in the scene, and uh, towards the end, I think... She's like looking at it, and that is the most reflective fucking apple I've ever seen. <laughs> she really shined the shit out of that apple. And I, I, you know, we talked about the hedonism angle of like her eating food to like get the most out of what what's left of her life, kind of thing. But in this episode, and then in later episodes when she's eating, it doesn't seem like it's something she's doing that she's like enjoying. It's not something where it's like, oh, I get to indulge in all these apples. She she just like eats. She's traumatized, and it's like that's her trauma yeah. response. She's just talking, though. like she's just like vibing, like any like the entire series. She's just eating. Well, I think the the way her character ends up, um, like her arc ends up getting intertwined with Sayaka's arc is more like she didn't need material things, or you know, like to live uh, life for herself and only for herself. What she really needed was a friend, which was Sayaka, um, which I think is why, like, as these episodes go on, her eating seems less of like a "ha, I'm it, sitting in the arcade eating some Pocky," and more of like a "oh, I'm sadly eating five Big Macs back to back." Which is like, it just threw me off in the church scene, especially because it was like, I don't know, it just, it wasn't like tied to any individual event. It's like she was just eating the whole time. And then Sayaka drops an apple on the floor. She's like, if you, if you ever waste food again, I'll, you know, kill you. And I'm like, is there going to be a backstory about this one time she really needed food and like couldn't get any? And it's like, or is she just like really doesn't want to waste food? It's just like this kind of interest. And yeah, I think that like, you know, she gains a fr- like the friend in Sayaka and then angrily and sadly eats uh, Big Macs on- after that. But like, I mean, I know, the- in the flashback, we get told that they were basically starving. Like, I don't. 
like right after that scene we got the flashback explaining it i'm not really seeing what the issue was just the way that it's presented it's not like oh okay i don't know it's just like oh yeah like they were starving at one point in their life therefore she eats you know every single scene that she's in like yeah i guess so um but it's just kind of muddy to me um like i'm not saying she needs to say like and that's why i eat so much food or whatever but it just for like i don't know it just it just came across as like kind of cloudy and muddy to me i mean i think you really get it when I think what Sayaka drops the apple and she's like, don't you ever waste food or whatever. It's like, oh, okay. That's what, that's what's going on there. Um, what else happens in this episode? The um, uh, fight scene. Oh, the fight at the end. Yeah. I love the aesthetics of it. It's Oh, it's great. Yeah. The edginess is, wor- this is honestly one of the best uses of edginess in the entire show. I I don't know. I would say, I think, uh, I'll, I'll just paraphrase my note, which is like, I think the, the animation itself is really sick, uh, but but also the edge it still hurts. Like, <laughs> it's still, it's still way too edgy for me. Well, at least um, here the edge matches how the characters are feeling. Like Sayaka is on like the despair like cusp of like a despair event where she's no longer savable. So it kind of like the edge at least vibes like it's it's in the same wavelength as the characters, whereas at, at other points it's not. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I think that's fair. Um, I think this is more just me like, I don't want my magical girl shows to be this edgy. So <laughs> even when it's like doing well with that, the entire premise is like not just not for me. It's just a personal preference thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, which again, we'll get to it, but that's why the ending worked for me. Um, I think that's all I got for episode seven. I will also say the line art in this episode is really good. There's a lot of close ups of uh, Kyoko and Saika in that flashback scene that uh, just has really solid line art that stood out in this episode in particular. Um, and I also like how there's um, in these couple of episodes, there's a whole lot of violin in the soundtrack now. Um, now that Kyosuke has been healed, it was a nice touch. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I also like made a note in here and I'm just like, god the uh soundtrack decisions they made it feels almost like visual novel like with how um present the um the songs are and how much they're reused for scenes it hmm. just made me feel like it was almost like a vn soundtrack which not too surprising considering uroboshi's work if he had like any made any decisions about those types of things i'm very curious of that like how much did urobuchi actually work on this do we know he's just he's just credited as writing and he did i did double check to make sure because there were certain episodes that i was like this just feels like urobuchi wasn't as involved but he wrote the script for every single episode he's basically like the sole writer of the show okay Uh, but i don't think he has he doesn't have like a producer's credit or anything like that Uh, not that you know like you know storytelling isn't collaborative and there's all kinds of little things that you're not going to be able to tell who contributed what just from looking at staff credits but um as far as what he's credited for it's just like script and series composition Mm. um the i have some notes from the wikipedia page on like the production but um i'll point it out now that um the producer uh in interviews has basically said like um he felt like kind of like everybody on the t- like every principal member on the teams like urobuchi and um shinbo and the other co-director and then like the character designer and the you know uh 
music composer and all those like core people he felt like uh compared to other projects he'd been on that he could be very hands-off with them and kind of let them do the thing they felt like the show needed um so it does just kind of feel like a production where like people were allowed to make very specific creative choices that they might not have been able to make in a different kind of production um Hmm. so maybe that's where that kind of stuff comes from with the the soundtrack you would know better than i would danielle because i don't play uh, or read uh, many visual novels. Though I will say, the parts of the show I don't like, at least in the narrative, rub me the wrong way, in the same way that when I hear about a visual novel that sounds particularly <laughs> bad to me, rubs me the wrong way, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, which is also part to do with the edginess. I think any time I've ever heard about a VN that does similarly edgy things, I just groan. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> well, I mean, like, that. did your opinion was like the music, like, much like more present in a lot of scenes than other anime you've seen because it felt like it really was for me yeah i think so i think i have this this opposite complaint about some anime where it's like sometimes the music is so buried in the mix that i'm like i you know wish it was you know more present um so yeah definitely compared to a lot of other anime it felt more um kind of in there and noticeable which i think is a good thing um all right well are we ready to move on to episode eight yeah i think so sweet episode eight is called i really was an idiot um or Wikipedia says, I was stupid, dot, 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 so stupid. Which now. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I like the fan PL better, only because that one scene where Saiga says, I really was an idiot, is burned into my brain. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, so episode eight. Saika defeats the witch, but refuses to take the grief seat it produces. Sorry. Um, Madoka tries to reason with Sayaka, who blames Madoka for her state before running off. Uh, as Homura and Kyoko discuss, uh, while Perg is knocked, Kyubei approaches them and mentions that something bad will happen if Sayaka's soul gem is not cleansed. Sayaka does not return home that night and just watches as Hitomi confesses to Kyosuke the next day, sending her further into despair. Homura approaches her and tries to offer a grief seed, but Sayaka rejects it again as she does not trust her. Homura prepares to kill Sayaka to spare Madoka from the suffering of watching Sayaka's downfall, uh, but Kyoko intervenes, helping Sayaka escape. Kyubei court. Kyubei coerces Madoka into making a wish to save Sayaka, but Homura shoots him before she can do so. She breaks down before Madoka and tells her not to be so self-sacrificing. Madoka gets the feeling that she and Homura, uh, she met Homura somewhere before, uh, but leaves to search for Sayaka while a replacement Kyubei appears, identifying Homura as being from a different timeline. Kyoko finds Sayaka, who is implied to have just killed two men on the train. Sayaka admits her stupidity before her soul gem, which was turned completely, which has turned completely dark, shatters and transforms into a reseed. Elsewhere, Kyubei muses that a quote-unquote woman who has yet to mature into a quote-unquote girl and that quote-unquote magical girl is the corresponding term for a quote-unquote witch who has yet to mature the twist is just get it it, the (laughs) twist is just elementary wordplay we (laughs) (laughs) yeah so for context uh which is majo and the uh you know magical girl is maho shoujo if you just cut if you just take the first and last syllables I did. I did not read it out loud, but uh, the Wikipedia description does have the kanji for uh, Maho Shoujo and Majo um, <laughs> in the description when it mentions uh, uh, magical girl and witch. I will say the English dub does it. Actually, it does a good job of translating that well. Like that comes across. How does it do it? Because I wasn't watching the dub. It it basically says like. Um, Oh gosh, it's like if a witch is a woman with magical powers and a woman is someone 
like and a girl is a is a woman who hasn't matured yet, then it only makes sense that they should be called magical girls. It's basically what Austin said in okay. the description. Like that's more or less how they <laughs> I couldn't follow so, it because of all of the the snark. <laughs> <laughs> so the they they don't do a wordplay in the same way that it's like Majo and uh you know magical girl but like the the essence is there i think because it's not something you can easily do the word play on in english i guess yeah and i think it played well in the the subs that we watched um which were not the official ones so who knows how the official like for all i know the official subs have like translators notes for that which is the worst <laughs> thing you could do um yeah but yeah this is where we get the obvious reveal i didn't want to say it last time and then be wrong but it's like yeah obviously these witches are just magical girls that went bad right like uh i don't think the show is very subtle in any of its twists which is why it's like once it gets all the twists out of the way it's like oh this is good oh wait the show's over because it's only one episode after <laughs> they get the twists out of the way um and same thing with like the reveal at the end of this episode which i think the wikipedia page takes a bit a liberty there that uh Cubase put together that um Homer is from a different timeline but the line he specifically ha- says is like when uh Homer shoots him and then he like comes back in a replacement body he's like ah time magic he doesn't specifically say like oh you're from another timeline or whatever he's like oh time magic and then you and him as a smart audience member can put the pieces together if it wasn't already kind of obvious she just gives off those vibes from the beginning that's like oh she knows everything that's about to happen she's time traveled yada yada i get it yeah i think <laughs> they they make it more explicit in the english dub actually oh i cannot remember 100 percent. so if someone knows better or rewatches it and says like, oh no this doesn't actually happen at this point but I, he says oh time manipulation like you're uh, not really from this world are you and i don't think she can i think she doesn't respond and he just goes like i thought so and like they kind of leave it at that but they do explicitly say something like you're not from this timeline um so yeah it's interesting to know that they don't say that in the japanese version hmm. yeah at least i don't i don't think they do i guess i do have in my note that he says time manipulation magic um and maybe he does i think he might actually say like oh you're not from this world or something like that but he doesn't say the word like oh you're he doesn't spell it out the way the wikipedia description does where he's like oh, okay. oh you're from another timeline right. um but again like pretty obvious what's going on i was actually kind of surprised that because like the it's like the last part of this episode where um the like ah i guess you could say magical girls become witches uh like girls into women um uh is like the stinger at the end of this episode and i was like oh i kind of would you would have thought they would have maybe like saved that reveal for the next episode when sayaka really does be like or like i don't know it was like way too much of like okay you didn't literally need to like spell it out mm-hmm. <laughs> for me like i think i i think i saw what was going on during that scene with sayaka and kyoko at the end of the episode um <laughs> are you sure i don't think it was obvious enough <laughs> um uh p- point out um uh, reason number uh, 1000 that Cube is uh, creepy and can't be trusted is in this episode when uh, Zohomura like shoots him full of holes um, and uh, then he comes back in a different body and then eats the old body mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and it's like why, why are y'all still hanging out with this fucker <laughs> um, just keep killing him until he's out of bodies how many bodies could he have that was something I noticed I forgot about that where he's like you know I have plenty of spares but it's like it's not good to make me use them all it's like wait a minute that implies there's a finite amount could you kill cube could yeah, you kill like this, all of cube i thought the implication was that if cube was pissed off enough he could like you know do large-scale retaliation against the earth 
Because, That's you know, something I want to get into maybe later when we talk about, like... Um, ancient aliens. Yeah, and how <laughs> these aliens both seem to, like, really need humans' energy, but also have the power to birth a, a whole universe through the use of their energy. It's the bizarre fucking thing. Um, where they're basically like, we can like help you rewrite the the fabric of space and time. However, we still need to need to like torture y'all. My bad. It's kind of a weird. It, it's it's one of those things where they they because Cubase not like an actual god. It becomes a lot more weird how his, their power works, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, this episode starts uh weird with like the conversation between Sayaka and Madoka, right? Like in the rainy uh, train station or bus stop or whatever the fuck y- it is. Yes. It's like a sheltered bus stop with sliding doors and open ends. It's very weird. Yeah. It's like something you'd see at like a theme park. Like like it's a theme park like Disney World where you're like being bussed from different mm-hmm. parts of the theme park. Yeah, and even I feel like Sayaka's arguments, even as she's saying them, I feel like she doesn't believe them, which kind of is implied later when she's running away. It's like, oh, I was so stupid. Like, how could I say mm-hmm. that to her? Um, she's like, you can't even sacrifice your humanity for a friend. It's like, whoa, it's a lot to ask from a person. And clearly you've now read the uh, EULA. Like, you know, it's a bad idea. What the fuck? <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah, she sort of fucking loses it and becomes an yeah. asshole to everyone. Though, honestly, yeah. murdering those two dudes on the train, entirely justified. Oh, fair, fair. Yeah. Go for yeah. It. Entirely fucking I, justified. I I was a little confused why those two dudes needed to be there, <laughs> but exactly, at least she fucking killed them. <laughs> I honestly thought that scene sort of looked like shit with how high contrast it was for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it went on like, for a really long time. Like, they were, like, laying in exactly how much they thought women were quote-unquote bitches yeah like for a long time and it's like yeah, you could like have a good, one line yeah it's like a good two or three minutes long it's so like i said the movies hopefully will tighten all these things up yeah you could just you could probably just cut that out of that movie huh yeah just have um, her say like i've done horrible things leave it to the imagination it's fine this is the episode where we see uh homura's uh apartment home for the first time her mind palace yeah <laughs> i was like what's the rent on that place jesus christ I mean, honestly, like, I, I think I wouldn't want to, like, before I head, head there, I wouldn't want to, like, cut the train scene out, but, like, shortening it would be good. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think it's, like, important, like, with how much he, like, based a lot of her self-worth on, like, uh, Kiyosuke, and then being like, yeah, dope, men suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, I get what they're doing, and then the scene just keeps going on. Where it's yeah. like, okay, I don't need to hear these two misogynists have a full-on conversation. I get it. Yeah. They could have just said, like, one back and forth, and then Sayaka stands up, and it all would have made sense. Yeah. Um, or hell, even oh. tone it down a bit. Like, instead of having them be like, oh, women are bitches, have have them, like, kind of allude to being shitty boyfriends. Like, being like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't know that, like, I want to be with this person, but, like, I guess we'll see what happens. And have that, like, make Sayaka go crazy and attack and be like, oh, like, they re- probably really care about you, blah, blah, blah. Like, that way, it's like, oh, she's, like, really, like, losing it and is, like, kind of hypersensitive to the idea of not being, not having reciprocated love, not, like, kind of make the the people that she kills horrible assholes anyway. <laughs> and it's like, uh I don't know. You, I think it would have been better for them to not have been like the worst people that she could have encountered on a train. Have them be, you know, reasonably not great people, and have her kind of react incredibly strongly, you know, indicating the fact that her grief or her 
soul gem is is reaching a critical point and, and so on and so forth uh but that'd be too subtle for this show <laughs> <laughs> oh i forgot i use the writer again i know writers that use subtext and they're all cowards <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think this is the scene where I wrote this note uh, just when I thought the show was edgy enough. You do it again, Urobuchi. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, like, I, I spent some time uh, uh, revisiting by just, like, looking at um, uh, Wikipedia pages and plot descriptions for other uh, edgy magical girl shows. But in my mind, like, because this is the show that, like, sets the precedent for those shows that came later, it should not be as edgy as some of those shows that do come later but it's pretty much just as edgy as uh some of the the shows that try to uh eat the show's lunch um in the years that followed mm. uh, and boy will we get into that later this episode <laughs> yeah i got i got one that i'll i'll bring up uh, in particular um what else in this episode oh this is uh for me, when the show really starts to get gay, uh, because when Homer is confronting Sayaka, uh, she has the line uh, to Sayaka talking about Madoka, no, everything I do is for her, uh, to which I just wrote, gay. Yeah, it's and finally then... starting to lay into it. It's like, hey, good job. Yeah, no, like, honestly, knowing how gay it gets makes the earlier episodes a bit more bearable because, you know, like, Homer is dying on the inside being like... <laughs> I want to, like, hold Monica, but I can't. Yeah. The yearning. Just 12 episodes of, of yearning. Yeah, the stuff that comes later definitely does a lot to recontextualize some of the earlier episodes for the better. Um, it's also the first episode where they call Cubay an incubator, which is a term I do not like. <laughs> um, but that's what they go with, I guess. Oh, just said incubator question mark uabruchi uh, incubator oh that's definitely it isn't it oh, yeah <laughs> i'm almost certain it is which is why when i heard that i was like oh i had forgot I, I must have blanked that out of my memory on purpose jesus christ i hate it oh it's like one of those things yeah. it's like not quite a pun but like it's like oh man it's like just there isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah also um worth noting that kyoko starts getting gay for sayaka in this episode too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah they kind of it all kind of happens real fast but kind of the end of their arc together i don't mind that much compared to where both of those characters started out um and then yeah i guess at the end of the episode sayaka becomes a witch and this is where we quote unquote learn that that's what happens to magical girls after they give in to despair or whatever even if that wasn't like immediately obvious so it is kind of, they they kind of play fast and loose with like the soul gems versus grief seeds where the soul gems turn dark if you use magical powers or if you just like are sad so it's kind of a weird situation where like they and they say like oh both like you know her things turning dark because she's both because she used so much energy in that last fight and also because like she's just like you know in despair and it's mm -hmm. like well wait are these grief seeds or are these just like a battery is it about battery like because why why would using magical powers like drain your grief if anything they should make you feel like big and strong but they don't um so yeah it was it's a little confusing on why or the how they treat uh the soul gems which wouldn't be a huge deal to me if they didn't have a lot of the major conflicts revolve around the soul gems and you know am i human because my soul gem is, is or my soul is in a gem and not in my body and so on and so forth so yeah i get the impression uh in later episodes that 
really Cubay is more counting on their like soul gems will corrupt because they give into despair and not necessarily because they'll use all their magical powers like fighting a witch like i guess if like that happens then it happens but the assumption is almost that like any wish that any magical girl could come up with will eventually lead them to despair like i think that's the kind of like cruel twist on that is like no matter what you wish for it ultimately won't satisfy like uh you fully and then Mm -hmm. that leads to you giving into despair and then that leads to you turning into a magical girl um the fact that they're also like magical girl batteries is just kind of like an added layer to that though i guess isn't that how kyoko dies she like basically like uses a super mega attack to kill she like sacrifices herself she like stabs like like it's the uh stabs the sword through herself and sayaka at the same time type thing yeah oh, okay i, mi- because... I must have misread the scene i thought she like i saw her soul gem kind of burst apart but i yes. i thought it was she like overexerted herself to the point where it dis- disintegrated kind of thing no i think yeah. she purposely made sure she died on the way okay. doing that because so she the... knew that she would become a witch if she didn't die there uh that's how yeah. i run it at least yes i don't know it's, gotcha. it's very gay to kill yourself and another girl <laughs> at the same time like how yes. okay like seriously like how are you not supposed to like read like romantically into that scene uh, because uh urobuchi has terminal straight brain i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know i'm reading it as romantic because i have fucking lesbian brain rot but yes hey i think it is very funny that till the end of the show they insist on being like she was my friend or she's my best friend or whatever it's like mm, honey <laughs> uh oh they hold on to that in the english dub at least <laughs> i don't know about the japanese oh, they, no they, no, they honestly, definitely do it in japanese i guess we like sort of got into episode nine because the actual fight with sayaka habits in episode nine. Oh, my bad sorry <laughs> Because they really want oh, to run right, away right. in episode eight. We they can, just want to uh, do the late episode nine summary and get into that. <laughs> we can. I just want to point out one more thing about episode eight, which oh, there's sure. a shot of the moon uh, at the very end where it's fucking gigantic in the sky and it's like curved into a like a. It. I think I described it to you, Daddy, as like the sickle part of the mm-hmm. <laughs> Soviet flag. <laughs> It's like the moon doesn't look like that. Like we're even ignoring how big it is in the sky. It's like that's not what a crescent moon looks like. <laughs> it's like I've seen some bad moons in anime, but that's that's one bad moon. Um, it does look cool though. <laughs> we'll say that. It does look it's, cool. it's, it's both so angry but so cool. Yeah. Damn, Rubuchi, you've done it again. I guess that's maybe more Shimbo. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so episode nine is called There's No Way I'd Allow That. Um, uh, as a witch appears before Kyoko, Hamura arrives and uses her time manipulation magic to help Kyoko escape, bringing Sayaka's body to Madoka. Uh, Homura reveals that the witch has a- was actually Sayaka, whose soul gem had transformed into a grief seed as a result of becoming too tainted with despair. Later that night, Kyubei appears before Madoka again, explaining that his race, known as Incubators, choose girls in their teens and raise them to become witches in order to obtain powerful energy from the transition from hope to despair in an effort to prevent the heat death of the universe. Uh, the Wikipedia page, by the way, links to the article on the heat death of the universe. <laughs> Madoka also learns uh, from him that incubators are emotionless mm, and do not understand human morals. Uh, that checks out. Uh, she is upset due to revelation. <laughs> due to the revelations. Great sentence, Wikipedia. <laughs> um, desperately clinging to the hope that there may be a way to save Sayaka, Kyoko asks Madoka to help her to reach Sayaka's human feelings and to obtain her soul gem from the witch. 
As the two enter the portal to confront the witch, Kyoko takes the majority of its attacks while Madoka tries to reach Sayaka with words. However, when Sayaka ends up attacking Madoka as well, Kyoko has Homura get Madoka to safety while she sacrifices herself to destroy Sayaka. Kyubei, who knew there was no way of saving Sayaka, taunts Homura and says that with Kyoko gone, uh, she will not be able to stop while Purgus knocked without Madoka becoming a magical girl. He's emotionless, yet he taunts her. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's emotionless, yet he torches a girl to prove a point. Yeah. Like, almost like out of anger that she's not getting it kind of thing. Or like, has no emotions, but is also extremely manipulative. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the part about like, that that Wikipedia page said, and they also spell this out in the show, is that he doesn't understand human morals. That all checks out. That can be true and also doesn't also necessarily mean that he doesn't have emotions. Um, yeah, he can like, be like not angry. understanding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he can be angry that like like you don't understand. There's a bigger picture involved, but obviously, like humanity states, like no, like you shouldn't torture these people because of you know combating the heat death of the universe. But really, it's like no, like you you you're doing this almost out of spite. Like you're not trying to be nice to these people. You're just being a dick. Yeah. If you want to be for also, the greater good, you don't need to be like needlessly cruel for it. Yeah, I mean, like, he's he's definitely getting pleasure out of the cruelty. Like, that's an effective response. That's an emotion. Like, mm-hmm. sorry to break it to you, Kyubei. Um, that's not how that works. And, and um, you know, if they want to open this can of worms, now that I'm, like, reflecting on it, there's a lot more despair in the world than just through <laughs> teenage girls. Like if no, you actually, so- people just wouldn't commit suicide if it weren't for the witches. People, people just, just do not fall into despair ever. Yeah, yeah. Like you can argue, like, oh, we need the soul gems for it or whatever. But like, that's stupid. Like the whole thing's stupid. And they talk about. I don't think the Wikipedia article mentioned it. They talk about how if it weren't for the incubators, um, humans wouldn't have evolved. Like essentially, this is in a couple episodes. Oh, but is yes, that the line? Is the the line is you'd probably still be living in caves? Is what Cuba says to Monica. <laughs> um, it kind of makes me think of um, like Thanos kind of did a similar in like plan where it's like you know his was a yeah. little more nuanced. Um, this was when I had the cursed comparison. Um, Monica Magica is basically uh, Monsters Inc. <laughs> Oh I mean, God. you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more cursed comparison, but that's safe. That's for the finale. Q Q Bay fucking like you know how like they like suck off the fear into like canisters and that like just like Q-Bay's Q-Bay the s- sitting on the sideline while while Sayaka turns into a witch and then just like running in with the canister sucking up the pa- the entropy energy whatever the fuck. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Yeah, no, I think you really, you uh, unlocked something for me bringing up Thanos in the um, Marvel movies, in case anyone hasn't seen those, because the uh, uh, if I heard someone say, in the same way that pe- when that movie came out, people were like, you know, Thanos was right or whatever, which like, of course he fucking wasn't. Um, uh, I think I would have, I have like the same like affective response to someone being like, Cubey was right. Actually, would be like, no, no, well, like, utilitarianism <laughs> is fucking shit. Yeah, he is like that cartoonishly evil, and also like you know, like, hey, you're not making the universe a better place by torturing young girls for the sake of like extending the life of the universe. Um, yeah, I man, I I didn't like any of 
that stuff in this episode. I, uh, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw <laughs> I had a breakdown and just started posting through that episode because it was so much to get through. Like, I try not to tweet uh, as I'm watching through the shows that we watch just because I'm going to spill my, my uh, sauce in front of a microphone anyway. Um, but man, that episode broke me. I had to just like stop. Like after the entropy scene, I was like, I need a moment. <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah, of all the lore is, uh, yeah. Like, you, you can see why I don't care how good the finale is. This is a bad show. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is where I'm like, the the emotional place that the show eventually gets by the end is so good that it's a shame that the rest of the show didn't build up to it better. Mm-hmm. Because none of the stuff about entropy, none of the edginess of it matters for that ending. That ending would still be just as good if like it didn't need to have like large lore reasons for all of this like this is not a show that needs the exhaustive fan wiki that it has that i of course have been reading through as i've watched these episodes uh but that's beside the point um it's just it's really frustrating to like have to sit through like what is essentially like a lore dump um of an episode um and then for it to eventually like once the lore gets out of the way just like be like a really affecting like piece of media and like actually have something interesting to say about magical girl shows but it's not that the rest of the way it's it's hard to get through at times um and this like like i think i was in the same like emotional place uh as i was watching episodes one through six uh as i was with the first two episodes of this batch with seven and eight but then once i hit nine it was really like oh this show is poisoning my brain <laughs> i hate this <laughs> yeah I've, I've also just as much as i do like the show i i have to agree that the there's too much fucking lore in this for to the detriment of the show. But in uh, brighter parts of this episode, I thought the animation of Sayaka's witch form was really cool. Aside from the wheels, I don't I don't fucking get the wheel things. But like, what's all, what's, with, what's with the wheels? I don't, I, I don't, I know. don't remember. Like that's just like I mean, how like, she's attacking is like throwing wheels. Uh, I do like that. There's there's like a you know, like a musical motif to her witch. Like some of the runes in that episode are like words for like the. Like basically, like runes will appear on screen that describe the tempo of the soundtrack that's playing, which is cool. Um, the fact that uh, she's so like I, a I like conductor. All that. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's cool. Um, we'll get into this in the next episode, but when her witch shows up again in like the alternate timelines, uh, she looks different. Yeah, depending on the timeline. There's mm-hmm. also a, another detail in one of the her other. Uh, which Forbes, which I found interesting. I'm just gonna share the uh, the best frame from this episode. Like it's just that's pr- that's pretty good. It's it's yes. it's like where it's only red and blue, and it's uh, Kyoko like comforting Sayaka. It's like this is so fucking gay, so fucking gay. Focus yeah. more on the gay shit. Show would have been better. Still, really do like the show, despite all of its fucking problems. But it could have been better. I think this was this was probably the first episode where I was so distracted by the stuff I didn't like about it that I didn't even have like I didn't write much about the um the fight scene, which I agree is like the best part of the episode. But just like mm. that first part just like sucked everything out of me. <laughs> the only good uh, part about the lore dump was like a few scenes of like Homer standing with like the wind blowing through her hair that I thought were neat. Yeah. And like with the yes. shaky cam. <laughs> I thought those those shots were cool, but yeah, I don't know. I felt like I was really quiet on this episode because the lore dump thing. I'm just like, yeah, it's there. Yeah, it, sort it of kind of just. Yeah, it is what it is. But I guess. Yeah. Also, the uh, which 
I, I have things to say about the end card, but uh, let me know when we're done with nine. <laughs> okay, I'm I, I'm I'm mostly done, and I'm very curious. Um, I I I have one note about the end card, which is bad horny end card. Uh, Naminiku ATK, which is the artist, go to horny jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, they really just fucking put her nipples at the end card, didn't they? Huh? <laughs> and her her ass is all out there and. Jesus, it's like an upskirt shot, basically. Yeah, it's like, okay, this person's definitely drawn porn. Turns out I've read some of the porn they've written. <laughs> but, you know, that was with, you know, adults, so it's a, it's a little different. It's also right after she fucking dies! It's right after yeah. she dies! Yeah, it's, oh my god, it's the, the Ryla Lila Myra thing of, of Rabuchi being like, oh wow, I can't believe they killed off uh, that Gundam character with the nice titty. It's that, but in reverse. It's like, oh, well, we killed off this character, but here, here's her titties. And that's that's what makes me feel very, uh, like, it, it, it just keeps throwing me off. Like, any time that the show rightfully explores, like, the characters as being gay, it's it does it in a very... It, I don't know they're always naked or like are silhouetted and like clearly naked but like they're also like 14 or 13 or something like that and i don't know it just hits me weird i don't like it like yes i think that's that's fair i would i would say it it plays to me mostly non-sexual like you you would have to be a freak to look at the, the those those scenes in the show where they are like silhouetted um and nude and kind of the way that like you know uh usagi would be in in sailor moon during mm -hmm. her transformation like mm -hmm. it's like that where it's like it's not really sexy it's just like they're kind of like in like a uh like a more ephemeral kind of form you know yeah um, it's just like it, I mean, but it doesn't it doesn't read as horny to me in the way that that end card is way yeah. too fucking horny. yeah the, like, the, the end end show never is, gets the silhouette thing is more of like just like part of magical of like yeah well no i mean so I'm, I'm talking about like this like the battle picture it's like that's fine like that's taste whatever but like at the you know we'll get into it but like the very end like when they when humura and madoka are like floating in the ether you know butt-ass naked and it's like man the only thing that like i don't it's like why do they need to be naked for this scene i guess like you could argue it's like goes towards the ephemerality of it or whatever but still like i don't know they're it's it's all just like countered by well they're they're 14 it sounds like i'm trying to make excuses for someone drawing a 14 year old naked and i don't love that I don't like know. I said, I think that's that's I valid think to nudity, see that. But it's being, like not sexualized but, nudity. Like, yes, that that is the thing. Is like you can like you know like there are like live action movies that will have like young children just walk across the screen butt ass naked or whatever. But it, when it's stuff like that and it's done in a non sexual way, it's like well like you know I don't think that's like sexualizing young children or whatever. Like I don't like I said, I think that end card does more damage yeah, no, than the anything end card that's, is, that's in the uh, actual show. Ridiculous. <laughs> yes, did not need to be there. <laughs> Yeah, just just does not hit me prop like you know i'm not again i'm not like trying to be like oh these these sick degenerates need to be locked up or whatever it just like it honestly like kind of detracts for me like it detracts away from like the like oh the sweet tender moment of two you know girls embracing and like finally you know madoka for for example at the end like madoka seeing hamura for the person who has loved her for so long kind of thing uh, and done so much for her it just like shocks me out of it when it's like oh but like they're you know they're butt ass naked and i don't know it's just i don't know i don't know 
I, I, I think it really hits different as a queer girl myself, honestly. I think it's just the age thing for me. It's just like that that wiggles its way in my brain. I'm like, man, I'd, I'd rather the, I'd rather they be like 18 or even like 16, 17. I might be a little more like, oh, okay, they're like, you know, young adults at that point maybe. But like, I don't know, just the fact that it's like 13, 14, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, like I said, I think... I think it's totally valid to to feel that way. Um, I think anime has done much worse. Um, yes, yeah. So it's it's definitely it's definitely easier to to swallow here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I'm not saying like that's the reason I don't like the show. There are many other reasons, but yeah, yeah. No, I could I could see how that would from some of them the wrong way. But again, <laughs> this fucking end card is the end card. It just shoots it over the and again. Yeah. Then you run sure. into the the statement of like because I assume that end card was not added in by the fan subbers, right? No, those no. are in the actual show. So, so then it's like, okay, the the show is okay with Omega Horny and cards. So it's like, uh, it just poisons the tree. Yeah, I me- I mentioned this earlier when we were off mic, but it was like, you know, this is just like the larger problem with anime. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, uh, you know, like I don't know, I don't know how much vetting process they did for the end cards and stuff, or they were just like, oh, this artist, like they're like a Nitro Plus artist, I think they're credited yeah, yeah, as yeah. in the end card. So it just makes sense that they would just like got a bunch of nitro plus artists to do end cards and maybe didn't care too much about what they got yeah i think like that kind of half of the end cards were nitro plus stuff yeah Mm -hmm. that sounds right um but i just think like that that kind of depiction of like um uh children's bodies in anime versus the i think definitely much more like subdued um, stuff that you get in the show, like we're kind of talking about, like the end scene with Hamura and Madoka or with Kyoko and Sayaka in this episode. Like, there's definitely a big difference between those two. Yeah. And the 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 first one definitely represents a much bigger problem across anime than whereas I think like the stuff that's actually in the show is definitely much more playing with tropes of magical girl shows, mm-hmm. um, where it's it's explicitly not um, sexual and much more like um, thematic than anything. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I that was. A bad way to end that episode. Yeah. <laughs> to be just... like, man, fuck all this lore. Oh, no. What is this end card? <laughs> oh, oh. No. I think it would also just not be as bad if it wasn't this episode with that end card. Yes. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> um, and then you were like, oh, no, I have three more episodes to do. Oh, no. Yeah. And then uh, they, they do not uh, hit the brakes at all. <laughs> the next three episodes. <laughs> all right. I took a note saying that the artist for that end card was the Chika character designer. Huh. Oh, I saw that too. Because you, you said like, oh, I have a rabbit hole to go down with that. I was like, oh, let me look this up, see what that could be. I saw that. Yeah, that the and you know the porn that I am a big fan of that I sent in the chat. Mm-hmm. Use the horny energy for that. I also saw they were credited for character designs on like a bunch of like mobile games and stuff. I was like, that checks out. Mobile games have horny, <laughs> horny nonsense going on in them. Okay, well, let's get into episode ten. Um, Episode 10 is called I Will Never Depend on Anyone Again. This episode looks at an alternate timeline in which Hamura is a shy transfer student who makes friends with the cheerful Madoka, lacking confidence in herself as she has been in been in hospital for the past six months. Hamura is attacked by a witch but is rescued by Madoka and Mami, both of whom are magical girls. When both Madoka and Mami are killed in the battle against Walpurgis Noct, Hamura makes a contract with Kyubei to send her back in time so that she can protect Madoka. She joins Madoka and Mami and learns how to use her magical powers for combat, stopping time whilst using stolen firearms and 
explosives. However, after the battle against Walpurgis knocked, Homura witnesses Madoka transforming into a witch and realizes Kyubei had been deceiving everyone. She attempts to tell the others during the next time loop, but they do not believe her until Sayaka becomes a witch and the remaining magical girls are forced to kill her. After the battle, Mami kills Kyoko and turns her gun on Homura in an attempt to prevent them from becoming witches. Madoka stops Mami with deadly force, leaving just her and Homura to face Walpurgis knocked. With the soul gems depleted, Madoka uses her last grief seed on Homura, begging her to return to the past to keep her from being fooled by Kyubei. She then asks Homura to kill her before she turns into a witch. Returning to the past with a colder personality, Homura attempts to keep Kyubei from making contact with Madoka in the first place and decides to fight against the witches herself. This ultimately fails and she continues to travel through multiple timelines in the hope of saving Madoka. I was kind of blindsided by how quickly they got to this. Or I guess like episode 10 is still like close to the end, but I thought this was literally going to be like very end of the show type of reveal. And I guess I was like happy that they got this out of the way uh, when they did. Because it was, like I said before, it was so obvious that like, oh yeah, yeah. she's time traveling. It really, you know, gives a lot of weight to the two episodes after it. Like, yeah, I feel like sure. if we didn't see Homura go through this stuff, like the you know emotional moments in the finale it would not land nearly as well oh yeah for sure also i'm just and like, such a fucking sucker for time loop stories like this such a, i'm just like i love time loop stories like this and i love stories where one person is like sacrificing everything to like save one other person so this pretty laser targeted at shit i like this episode fair yeah i liked i liked a lot about this episode i was worried i voiced this in the last episode i was worried that like you could you could feel the frustration of like Homura knows what's up. Why isn't she just saying it outright to Monica? And I was worried that I wasn't going to like the explanation the show gives for that, but I actually do. I like the fact that it's like, no, she's already tried that. <laughs> like she's, mm -hmm. she's already done the timeline where she tells them everything and it still doesn't work out. So now she's trying the version where, Oh, I'm not going to tell Monica anything. Um, I liked that. I liked getting to see all the, the different timelines. And um, there were moments in this episode where I was like, Hey, this is like, how the show should have started out like the magical girl vibes are strong in this episode when there's like the flashbacks to like in previous timelines uh mommy homura and madoka like fighting witches together and like uh, homura learning how to fight even if it is a little funny that she has to steal guns and stuff like it's um I don't know. Like, it's also it like sort of adorable seeing her very unconfident, like running yes. animations. It just, it just had a much like softer energy to it than the rest of the show. And I was just like, where has this been? Like, this rules. This is good. Like, even when it does like t eventually turn dark and like, you know, she realizes what's going on slowly, it's like this like slowly creeping in of like the darker themes works a lot better when you actually start from a more lighthearted magical girl type place than like how the show actually started out. At least for me, anyway. Yeah yeah i have to agree with that this was by far the best episode so far i wonder if it would be better for 10 to come after 11 i i mean like i, I, I like than... it how it is but like i could i could see it being like you know it's like oh you know you don't know why homero is doing all this stuff and then monica's like i'm i've, I've uh... i know what i'm gonna wish for and then it cuts to like everything uh, homero had been through and then 12 kind of goes it more into like Mado could be like, I see everything they've done for me now. I don't think it really would change much, but I wonder. Mm. 
I mean, it's that like knowing the time loop stuff has happened sets up like what Monica ultimately does. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you need you, you need that prior to it. Yeah, um, and also some of the, like the final Lord ups from Cube are like predicated on uh, mm-hmm. uh, them now knowing like, oh, this is a time loop. Um, I also just wish there were like, I mean, Danielle and and Danny, you're both watching this show for a second time, but like even trying to think think back. I don't know if there was like a ton of like I don't know I mean like there's the stuff that indicates that it's like I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is it was clear to me that Homura uh, was time traveling it was not exactly clear to me that it was a full-on time loop that like oh she's done this like dozens and dozens of times over um i kind of wish there would have been more to lead me to that than just leading me to like oh she's doing time travel like i don't know maybe i'm missing something but i don't feel like there were a lot of little details in the earlier episodes that you look back on now and go like oh it was a time loop all along other than just the stuff that again like i said made it clear to me that there was time travel going on but not that it was specifically like a loop they were stuck in i don't know because it's like this episode is when it suddenly becomes a time loop narrative. Like it wasn't that before, like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm with Danielle. I, I like a good uh, time loop story. Uh, Groundhog Day, but with magical girls, is a is a good concept. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, I'm in the camp of this needed to be before the next episode. Mm. And like knowing this really colors a lot of Homer's actions much earlier on in the series. Like to the point funny. where so much of the early episodes are nothing but dramatic irony so i i feel like it hits different a second time around where like, like instead of like worrying about the stupid fucking war shit you're like <laughs> just seeing how much homura is hurting trying to save for gf <laughs> yeah that definitely did a lot to like make me feel a bit better about some of the earlier episodes um in terms of like okay, like, Homer is a less frustrating character now, knowing all that she's gone through, um, for sure. Do they ever say where uh, Valpurgis Knock comes from? Is it just, like, a, no. a big bad witch? Okay. I, I also tried to, to scour the wiki for answers, and uh, there are none. Hmm. I mean, there's, like, fan theories and stuff, but there's no, like, concrete, like, hey, they revealed this in this spinoff I, show. I thought the, the concrete thing was, like, it was an amalgamation of other witches. So it's not, like, one single know. magical girl, but you know, like, combined suffering of magical girls as, like, a... I mean, I would believe that, but I don't know where, where that comes from, like, in the text. Oh, I saw yeah. it on the wiki. <laughs> oh, they, okay. they should have mentioned that. They should have mentioned that in the show, honestly. Well, I, th- I could have sworn for some reason I thought that it was, you know, Hummer is doing all, like, the time loop stuff. I thought it was something where it's, like, every time she goes back, it gets more and more powerful. Like, it's a... It's basically her witch, but it's, like, her going back in time, but that was going off of like a six-year memory so uh that's yeah. obviously not the case but i was thinking it might be her witch because the one thing i was reading um on the fan wiki was um that the design of um walpurgis knocked and the design of um Krimhelm uh gretchen which is Modica's witch that we get in this episode um complement each other that's why like Walpurgis Noct is like upside down mm-hmm. that if you like took like the two designs of them and put them on top of each other they would kind of like be like two sides of the same coin kind of thing and also are meant to look like uh like a sand hourglass you get it mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh but to me that's like oh well they're both witches and one's Monica's witches whose witch would it make sense for Walpurgis Noct to be and like yeah it would make the most sense for it to be Hamora's but like there's nothing else in the text that indicates that um 
I will mention that the um, yes, yeah, so they've done the movies. There's three currently. The first two are recaps. The third one's like a sequel. They've announced a fourth one as of this year. Um, the fourth one has the name um, uh, Madoka Magica. Um, Walpurgis knocked no Kaiten. Um, so presumably, <laughs> maybe we'll get answers to that in the. <laughs> Uh, the next the next movie like what's the nature of Walpurgis Night or hell I might even be speaking too soon about movie three maybe some of that stuff isn't well I guess no that would have been on the wiki I I went through that wiki and didn't care about reading spoilers about Rebellion because I was curious enough of like did I miss something do they explain what Walpurgis Night is other than like a carnival witch <laughs> it was like elephants and shit oh yeah yeah, yeah. strolls into town um my, I mean, I guess like without like giving without needing a concrete answer for it, Walpurgis Noct is just like, hey, we needed like a big threat <laughs> for them to face at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it could just be that simple. Yeah. Uh, Melling the show over explaining it would have made it worse. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, sometimes you don't need to lore dump about something. Sometimes <laughs> it could just be mysterious and you could have your own interpretation about it. Um, yeah, I think this was mostly a good episode also it was very gay um yeah yeah that that uh, scene the, where the shot of the two of them uh with their um uh oh god what the what are they called uh soul gems <laughs> monica and homura arm or yeah arms crossed yeah, what yeah their soul gems what one of my notes is what if we let our soul gems become overcome by grief and we were both girls and that i had like the flushed face emoji mm-hmm. Well, you also left out the the amazing line that comes after. They're like looking up at the sky, and the line is, "Hey, how about we become monsters together?" <laughs> like that's the good shit. This yeah. extended. <laughs> I, I I read uh, the end with that ending, and I uh, makes me fucking go feral. No pun intended. <laughs> no, and also like the you know like the softer scenes of like uh, Homer learning stuff, and like Madoka coming mm-hmm. over and hugging her, and it's like, oh my god, I want to protect Homer. <laughs> There's just, like, whole entire, like, tones and moods in this episode that you don't get in any other episode, save for, like, the finale. And again, that's why it had me screaming, like, where has this show been all along? This is good. Like, you can do both, like, dark, edgy stuff and do soft, cute things. Like, it can be both. It's not interesting to be like, what if we trick the audience into watching a dark, magical girl show instead of a cutesy one? It's like, no, you just do both. People like both of those Still very much in the camp of, uh, we should have had, like, a queer woman writing the show. (laughs) Or... And again, like like I said, I was shocked that Urubuchi is the only writer involved in the show. Like, there should have been other writers on mm-hmm. this. Like, you know, like, even, like, putting any grievances with Urubuchi aside, like, that's how you get decisions like that, where it's, like, someone else is there to be like, hey, maybe we should, like, like, episode, this episode 10 script is really solid. What if we bring some of these, like, you know, moods into the other episodes uh, so that it's not just out of nowhere? Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I do have, you know, like... Hmm. Homer is complicated for me because, you know, we were talking, you know, during we said a, a break a bit ago and we were saying like, you know, the there's no reason for Kyubei to be so like, like Kyubei's actions to be just so dependent on being needlessly cruel and, and you know, indifferent to suffering. Um, and I do think Homer falls into that trap fairly often. You know, she very clearly does not care about uh, Mimi or sorry, Mami or Sayaka or Kyoko's life all that much, um, unless they are in relation to Madoka. Um, 
So, you know, once Sayaka becomes a magical girl, Hamura's more or less like, you know, I'll, I'll kill you now so that that Madoka doesn't have to see you become a witch. Or, you know, when Mommy dies, like, she's like, well, you know, this is what happens kind of thing. So um, I do think there are some parts of Homura that I think are, you know, kind of, I don't know that I'd call them toxic, but it's like, I just don't know that, I don't know, it's complicated, where it's like, she is, if it's not refer- in reference to Madoka, she is like kind of needlessly cruel to a lot of people, not like actively so, but through her indifference is cruel. Um, and then, uh, you know, all of this for someone who doesn't know what's going on, you know, y- you've taken away all the agency from Madoka uh, as a result of not telling her what's going on, which obviously hasn't worked in the past. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like a if and but for that. But like, I don't know. Hamura just has, it's a lot of complicated feelings. Because yeah, I really like their soft moments together. But also, in reference to the entire series, it's like, oh, Hamura is still in that timeline for nine-twelfths of the timeline uh, has been horribly cruel to uh, to Madoka in the grand scheme of things. Um, it's, it's obviously because of the events that have gone on, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of just a... Uh, it makes it a little complicated for me. Well, this is her character, right? Is like she's doing everything for Monica, so of course she's gonna like be indifferent towards Sayaka and Mommy. Like she's not like a like morally good character, mm-hmm. but she's definitely an interesting character because she's doing everything she does for Monica. I don't know. I mean, like my my whole read on the situation is that she's tried to save everyone before and failed. She's tried, so like she's. I think she's like through the time loop she's realized i can't save everyone i'm going to only save the person that's most important to me that's the vibe i don't I even get know from her. i i don't think i feel that because like her wish is literally to protect Monica. i think from the jump it's always everything for Monica all the time i don't think she's like actively trying to get the other people killed until she realizes that like oh these people are gonna die for me to save Monica. but i don't think from the jump she's like oh i need to save everybody she is no i need to save Monica. every Everybody else can die if that's what has to happen, but Monica has to live. Yeah. That's the read I have on it. Yeah, which is, you know, to me, it's it's a bit yikes. Like, you know, just describing that character out loud is not like, it's a bit yikes. <laughs> um, you know, if I, you know, if there was a character who would let the entire world burn just for one, like, for one person that, that is the subject of their affection without the other person knowing it at that point, like, that's a bit yikes. <laughs> I don't know. Because again, because of the time loop, you have to take it to perspective that she's essentially protecting someone who does not exist yet. Because yeah, but you see, their their love transcends the timelines, though. I think that I think that I think that's made pretty pretty evident in the later episodes. Towards like towards the very end, I guess. But like even so, like earlier on, like Madoka's just kind of like ah, she seems kind of familiar. I had a dream about her, but like meh, like I am firmly with Danielle on this one that it. I like watching a character who is willing to sacrifice a whole lot just for the one person they love. That shit hits. That shit yeah. hits real hard. The gay yearning. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. God, I really do feel like uh, the show hits differently if you're queer. At least I to would, me. I would agree. Um, it definitely, as we've kind of made clear talking about these episodes, it definitely takes a while to get there. But by these last couple episodes, it's definitely fully, fully in that mode, whether uh, Mr. Urubuchi intended it or not. Who cares? <laughs> um, 
Okay, we have to talk about the one thing in this episode that did drive me absolutely feral, which is the scene where Homura makes homemade explosives. <laughs> and we see in the reflection of her glasses, her Google search for how to make bombs. Um, <laughs> she's literally, I told this to Danny off mic, she's literally like Jack Kersey or Paul Kersey from the Death Wish movies where he's like making homemade bullets from his New York apartment and shit. I was losing my fucking mind. I was like, wait, I thought... I thought she just had the magic to, like, you know, like, Mommy, her power is to make guns appear out of nowhere. I just thought that uh, um, Homura could do the same thing and just make explosives pop out of nowhere. I didn't think she literally had to make all of those things. So it's very funny in, like, the next episode when she's fighting Walpurgis knocked and she's got, like, 80 billion um, bazookas and RPGs and like an entire silo full of missiles to fire at while Perkins is like, girl, where did you get all those from? What the fuck? <laughs> she made them. Made them all. Also, we get like confirmation in this episode that uh, the opening scene of Homer fighting while knocked is uh, has been happening hundreds of times already. So yeah, love me some time loop shenanigans. Yeah, and also that like the scene at the beginning of the show was like the end of a previous timeline um this is also the episode where we get um uh in one of these timelines i think it's the first one where um so we didn't mention it but uh in most of these timelines hamura's got like her hair tied uh into braids and she looks a whole lot different she's got like glasses um she's very cute and innocent looking and then uh when she kind of realizes like um like oh i've got to like steal myself if i'm gonna like actually like save modica in any of these timelines she like takes off the glasses and undoes her hair um and um at that point she starts off one of these timelines by like standing outside monica's window in like the pitch black and just like whispers into her room like don't become a magical girl or something like that <laughs> and um i saw that image and immediately just thought that she's going gay gay homosexual gay because it's got that energy um Lots of good moments like that in this episode. It was definitely a much more like fun episode to watch in the way that most of the other episodes were not fun, even if I did like somewhat enjoy them. Um, this is also the first episode where we really see Madoka as a magical girl, like outside of the opening. Um, and I said it before, but I think she's got the best character design out of all the magical girls. Um, also, her her bow is cool. Definitely one of the better weapons out of the show because it's not just like guns <laughs> or, or or sword. Um, it's like it, it feels magical in a way that like mommy just like materializing like a big big fuck off gun is, is not um, at least not to me anyway yeah um... one of the details I wanted to point out in one of the other timelines when you see uh, Sayaka's witch again is instead of like all like she's conducting an orchestra she's conducting like a horde of Hitomi puppets which is uh, mm. it's a striking image <laughs> yeah it's it's also just like in that in that same kind of way was fun to see all these different timelines and see how things had gone like subtly different and all of that. Um, Obviously, what we need is a uh, Monica reboot with like an endless eight esque. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Actually, animating all the different timelines. Oh man! Um, all right. Well, any anything else about that episode, or shall we move on to episode eleven? Nope. Yeah. We, episode eleven is called "The One Thing I Have Left to Guide Me." Um, 
Kyubei reveals to Homura that the reason Madoka has the potential to become such a powerful witch is because Homura's contract trips through time to try and save Madoka uh, have resulted in her becoming the center point of countless timelines as the potential of a magical girl is determined by the relative effect of their their role on fate. After Sayaka's funeral, Kyubei shows Madoka the history of magical girls and how it has shaped civilization, causing extreme distress to Madoka and me. <laughs> Madoka's mother, Junko, uh, grows concerned about her and feels her daughter is hiding somewhere from her. Uh, hiding something from her. <laughs> that makes more sense. Um, Monica goes to see Homura, who unconvincingly reassures her that she can handle while Pergus knocked and finally reveals the truth about herself. As a storm hits the city and the citizens take shelter, Homura stands alone to face while Pergus knocked, but despite her best efforts, she is overwhelmed and is eventually defeated. When Monica hears from Kyubei that Homura may turn into a witch, if the latter loses hope of saving her, Monica prepares to go and find her. Although Junko tries to stop her, Monica convinces her uh, that she is doing what she believes is the right thing. As Homura begins to lose hope and is on the verge of becoming a witch, Monica arrives with Kyubei, announcing that she plans to make her wish um another episode with more lore it's all bad <laughs> uh as as we said before Cubase says if it weren't for the incubators you'd still be living in caves which i mm, did like i don't know did a magical girl uh in bc wish for fire to be invented or wish for the wheel like i don't understand how civilization wouldn't progress if it weren't for the incubators that that logic doesn't check out for me other than it's just like a, a edgy thing to put in there, I guess. I don't know. I've seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> it's that, but less good. Uh, and also Cleopatra and Joan of Arc are here and, and are magical girls. And it being Joan of Arc, I had to check if uh, Joan of Arc was in the, the mobile game and uh, treated edition. Mobile games love having Joan of Arc as a character for whatever fucking reason. <laughs> Sorry, that's my brain does that. No, you're 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 valid. Uh, I think you're the only one here that um, plays any mobile games that uh, have had Joan of Arc in it. Um, me, X, Love Live, and Bandori, thankfully, no Joan of Arc in those. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the the lore all sucks. I hate it. Um, uh, I don't know if I have much else to say about it. We kind of talked about how the lore is bad it's just like it's extremely unnecessary the specific lore that gets dumped in this one like i don't know um uh, <laughs> we do have to talk about the bar um so not the, the first anime bar in an episode that has made me go what the fuck <laughs> oh yeah uh where they've got the what's the name of the, the painting it's the one where um uh I don't know biblical stuff, so you'll have to excuse me. It's the one where God is touching Adam, right? Oh, the creation of man. Yeah, creation of man. Uh, <laughs> yep. It's just it's just there above the bar, like above the top shelf <laughs> liquor is just a huge fucking uh, like motif of that. And it comes immediately after the scene where Cubay uh, admits that uh, the incubators are a race of ancient aliens that have guided human beings since the dawn of time. Um can't believe the show has not appeared on uh, history channel's own ancient aliens mm-hmm. um no, it's creation yeah of i was adam, like wow not creation of man oh gotcha well adam is man right so it's true the bible sucks Bad story. <laughs> 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 um uh 
yeah, it was definitely one of those moments of like the Garth Marenghi's dark place of subtlety is for cowards <laughs> um, type thing of like, no, I got I got what just happened in that last scene. You don't need to do that. We also, I guess this serves to show that the teacher who's got weird hangups about her own emotions and whatnot throughout the show is friends with Monica's mom, I guess. Um, it's just a weird scene to have two characters that have never interacted with each other in the show have this like deep conversation be like okay sure <laughs> um maybe would have made more sense for Monica's mom to be having a conversation with Monica's dad because those are two characters that have talked previously in the show and I, I guess maybe they wanted to bring the teacher back around or like have it with like Sayaka's uh, mom or something or yeah, I don't think would that would have worked because we saw Sayaka's funeral earlier in the episode I don't but maybe she's she's drinking the pain away I, I bet a weird scene either way mm. um was definitely like oh Monica's mom's back oh they're, they're yeah. not gonna do anything interesting with her this episode okay i did um, like the fight scene at the end with uh Homer, like pulling out all the fucking stops with like i think i took a note that said unlimited rocket launchers works or something <laughs> this, this is one of those things where i was like this is just a comedy now <laughs> like if only there were like magic the, in this magical girl show so she's got like a million rocket launchers. Um, she gets in like a like a tanker truck and drives that off of a bridge or like a um, what do you call it? The bridge that like comes up and down. It's got uh, a name. Drawbridge. A drawbridge. Yeah, she drives it off like a drawbridge into Walpurgis Dock, and I was like, holy shit, this is just Fast and Furious now. Okay. <laughs> uh, the one thing that really fucked with me is like she like. There's like an entire silo full of missiles that she just launched. I'm like, where did that come from? Also, like, I get all the other stuff as like she stole or she made herself, but where the fuck did she get access to all these missiles? I'm so confused. Also, for whatever reason, the uh, like artillery has just says shaft on it. I'm not sure why. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know why. <laughs> That's funny. Um, uh, this... Um, there is the scene earlier before the fight um, where Hamura and, and Monica have their like um, kind of last confrontation or like moment talking to each other before Walpurgis Night comes, which has the great line from uh, Hamura saying, uh, the truth is I lost myself a long time ago. I really like that line. I really like that moment of her kind of like recognizing that she's had to give up so much to like, you know, try to protect and save Monica and that's kind of her admission of like, you know, like, yeah, I've had to like, you know, kind of, you know, forget about saving Sayaka and Kyoko and Mami and, and the others and, you know, kind of like steal myself and become like, you know, this cold person because I'm doing everything for you. Um, like I said, all that stuff really hits hard for me. I like it. I like it a lot. Dittoing that they're like the effects of the time loop just it's the good shit. Um. I think if I have any other notes, that was like the big thing that I took away is that the lore still sucks and the Homer Amatica scene was good. Um, <laughs> oh, I did mention before that like Walpurgis Night comes into town and it's like a carnival parade and I just have a note that says, but doctor, I am Walpurgis Night. <laughs> um, I think this, this episode struck a balance between being both very frustrating and enjoyable to watch. Definitely one of the better episodes overall, I think, even if the lore dump was bad. Um... I do have one last note, which is there's a scene where um, when Monica's like uh, trying to leave the shelter they've taken up in um, to 
you know, isolate from the supercell storm um, that's come through. And she's having a conversation with her mom before she leaves to join up with Hamora. And her mom slaps her, but they don't show the slap. They, like, cut away from it to, like, something else. I forget what they cut away to, but it's, like, something else that was, like, making a similar sound. And then they cut back, and it's clear that they've slapped her. Like, what a weird way to direct that for a show that's as edgy as it is. I I was kind of surprised they didn't just show the slap, you know? I don't know. It was weird to me. Uh, Gundam show the slap, you coward. (laughs) That's true, yeah. Where's Bright Noah when you need him to just slap a child? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, right. um, that's all I got. Anyone else got anything before we move on to the the big finale? Yeah, I'm good to go to episode 12. Even just having this conversation, I keep forgetting, oh, right, we still have the movie to watch. (laughs) I'm almost like in my mind, I'm ready to be like, going to close the book on Monica. You know, it was a rough show, but I liked the finale. And I'm like, oh no, the movie's going to ruin everything for me, isn't it? From what I remember about the description, yeah. Yeah, like I said, a friend of mine was saying it, uh, that they haven't seen it, but that they've heard it's divisive. And it's like, oh no, I don't want to hear that. I also did see, oh, I wish I could, I could find it. Um, uh, was watching a video for, um, part of this like just like an ost video for the part of the soundtrack from the third movie and one of the recommended videos was like um uh oh, i forget what the name of the title was but it was it was about homura and it was like homura's always been the bad guy or like always been a terrible person or whatever <laughs> and then like the the parentheses on the title were like why rebellion is great actually and i was like oh no <laughs> what e- happens in that movie yeah if you like the vibe of this ending where it's like oh they finally are hopeful oh no <sighs> i i Gotta I think there's a specific line that I'm thinking of. It might be the last line of the movie that I'm just like, oh, it's going to hit you like a truck. Is it um, uh, disgusting? Is, is Asuka in it? And she just no. looks at Homura and says, disgusting. No, do you, I mean, do you want me to tell you what it is? No, I, okay. I kind of want to yeah. get there on my own. If I, if I know it's going to destroy me, I want to be there in the moment. Fair. Ugh. I, feel, I feel gross just thinking about what that movie could do to me Uh, especially because like man i was so surprised uh that i liked the finale to this show i was like you know what it's a rough journey but at least it had a good ending and now i'm like oh oh no Mm -hmm. please yeah just uh (laughs) leave me alone (laughs) don't don't get too comfy with the ending well at least uh i mean urbuchi's still involved but at least there's a fourth movie coming out so you know if the third movie ruins it for me again then maybe the fourth movie will bring it back <laughs> can only go up from here baby. please oh, at least the, the, the movie's I... pretty gay it has that going in, for it in in three or four in three. Oh, in three okay um it have you seen the spinoff show danielle i have not Okay, I think I've heard that that one is much more uh, light compared to um, the main show. Yeah, I think the uh, like that. the thing about the spinoff is it's very much in a post the events of the main show type thing where magical girls oh, are okay. you know allowed to be magical girls and when they're done they're just they go to heaven to see God. <laughs> they go to magical girl heaven. Yeah, that's much more that's much more pleasant. Like there's still a tragedy to the whole you becoming a magical girl will prematurely yeah. end your life but yeah not nearly the same type of tra- tragedy <laughs> yeah yeah you get to go to magical girl heaven and see magical girl god and uh, kiss the other gay. magical girls because they're all yeah. gay <laughs> yeah um 
Okay. Uh, well, we made it to the last episode, uh, which is called uh, My Very Best Friend, which has the same title in our fan subs as it does on Wikipedia. Uh-huh. It also has a very short Wikipedia description, so here we go. Uh, Madoka becomes, or, or sorry, Madoka makes the decision to become a magical girl and wishes to prevent all witches from coming into existence. The paradoxical nature of her witch causes her to transcend into a godlike psychopomp. Um, <laughs> just gotta take a second there. It establishes a new, uh, quote, law of cycles in which magical girls are purified and disappear into a higher plane instead of becoming witches. Homura returns to a world where Mami and Kyoko are still alive, while only Homura remembers uh, Madoka existed. She and the other magical girls continue to fight against new creatures called wraiths, and Homura vows to continue fighting in honor of Madoka. She, she's doing it for God. So they say that Madoka will essentially become like an idea, or not even idea, because like she's not, no one will remember it. But like in like she's going to become an entity outside of existence, like completely separated from everything else. Um, mm-hmm. And they say, I think they even use the phrasing like "you've ascended to a higher plane, Madoka." So when these other magical girls get not witchified and in and in, instead ascend to a higher plane that's not on Madoka's higher plane do they meet Madoka or no I don't think it's no? explicit okay it's not explicit but we do get the scene where in the new like universe that Madoka's created when Sayaka does disappear which it seems like she does disappear around the same time in the story that she did previously she like has that scene with Madoka where they're like almost a kind of like purgatory where they're just having a conversation and like reflecting on like her choice to become a magical girl and all of that. Like I imagine that's kind of what it is where it's not like uh, not necessarily that they like go to heaven and see Madoka like, Hey Madoka, what's up? But she's kind of like the shepherd for magical girls to go on to whatever magical girl heaven is or to, you know, ease their, the ending of their existence or whatever. I think it's a really like, like, touching thing of like her becoming that her becoming like the like er magical girl that's like kind of protectorate over all magical girls throughout all time i mean like going back to the beginning of the series what all that madoka wanted to do is you know help to protect other people and she ends up mm-hmm. getting to do that yeah and you know they like I think Kamura says like, oh, you know, you're going to be so, you're going to be alone. You're going to be so lonely. And Madoka essentially says like, no, like, you know, I, I see all the timelines. I'm with everyone all the time kind of thing. So it's not like supposed to be a, oh, she's so alone. Like all the misery that's going to come to bear. Like Kibe says like, oh, uh, she's going to take on so many curses that eventually her witch is going to like destroy his, like all the universe or whatever. And she just goes like, no, it's not. Um, and she doesn't. So it's like she's free of the anguish, too, even though she's not in a form that we would understand, I guess. Yeah, like the uh, the, the Jesus uh, comparisons are very obvious mm. here with she's like literally just taking on all the magical girl sins herself. And mm. she she's glad to do it. She's glad to help everyone. <laughs> like, yeah, you, yeah, there are some weird notions that, that you know, like uh, the fact that the new magical girls have to fight wraiths instead of witches which you know they don't really go into where the wraiths come from but like assumably not from magical girls um but it's like oh even in this universe like they still have to suffer in one way or another though it appears in a more consensual way like Kyubei, like she says like oh our relationship with you here is a lot better than it was in that world um like when hamura is talking to Kyubei, she's like 
you know, we didn't like you then, but like, oh, now you're a nice guy. So it's like, maybe it's more not awful, though. I don't know. <laughs> like, because again, it's it, that's at like the very, very end of the series. So, yeah, the vibe I get is that um, the, the status quo at the end of the show feels much more in line with like a typical magical girl show, which is why I like it a lot, because it's like one, I like the notion that like Monica changing the rules so that magical girls no longer become witches doesn't necessarily like rid all like darkness from the world like it's still going to manifest one way or another in the form of these wraiths but it seems like instead of the wraiths being born out of like the hope from magical girls show or magical girls and the way that the witches are they're just kind of like things that are like a natural part of the world in a way that's like they're just inherent to like you know magical girls are going to exist as an analog for hope and uh wraiths are going to exist as an analog for despair and there's always got to be hope to triumph over despair like it's a really nice like way to to end the show and that it like it does it's not like and then they all end happily ever after but she changes the rules of the game to be like like no this is how it should be like magical girls decide to fight because they want to and even though they know it's dangerous and that their life is on the line they still want to do it for the better of humanity and Cubay, i guess gets his energy out of it <laughs> you know um i'm gonna save my curse comparison for a little um but did not love the scene where Monica went through mm. time to basically act as like the so a psychopomp is like a Valkyrie. It's someone who shepherds someone to the afterlife. Basically, act, so she goes back through time to like shepherd people to the afterlife, including um, mm -hmm. some that are like okay, you know, it's like oh, a person fallen on a battlefield or like someone like a burning building that I assume is like some sort of shrine or something. And then the Holocaust, and then um, <laughs> and it they really it just they really just go there. It's just and it's just there and it's gone and not in a way. It's like oh, you can look past. It. It's like there for like a few seconds, and you're like, wait, whoa, like because right before that one, there's like a generic like bombed out building, and it's like oh, this could theoretically be from any time, or it could just be like mm -hmm. the horrors of war. And then they cut to the train cars that they would you know. And they're like, I had to stop the frame uh, to just like take a second, but also to, to make sure like, oh, well, maybe there's a way you could read it that it's not the Holocaust, but they've literally got like the star patches on their um, kind of rags that they're all wearing. It's like, oh, no, that, that is unequivocally people being um, uh, trained off to uh, camps during the Holocaust. Yeah, it's incredibly loaded imagery to throw in a show that like, despite how edgy it's been, did not call for that kind of imagery like at all. Like, it almost comes across as just, like, gross and disrespectful to me. Yeah, it's very yeah. tasteless to, to me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, tasteless is the, definitely the right word for it. It just doesn't add anything. Like, you get the point of that scene without needing to go there. It reminds me, like, um, not directly uh, compared comparison, but, like, how in, like, the Gundam movies we watched, how they were very cavalier about, like, using, like, Nazi like iconography and like the Sieg Zeon uh, and stuff like that uh, and literally bringing up Hitler that it's just like sometimes anime just does that it just like veers real hard into World War II and Germany and the Holocaust during World War II without really thinking through what mm -hmm. it means to bring that up um, it just and again this is where like I feel like the show needed more writers on it it just needed somebody to slap Urobuchi's hand and go no <laughs> don't do not need that or just some braid storyboard artist or animator to be like, I'm just not going to draw that. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. You can't pay me enough. Yeah, no. Um, and now for my uh, curse comparison. 
Oh boy, mm-hmm. I'm holding onto my desk. I'm ready. This anime has the same, en- close to the same en- ending as Death Stranding. <laughs> I think I know enough about Death Stranding for that to play for me. God damn it, Kojima, you've done it again. Princess Beach uh, in Death Stranding is like the harbinger of the of the final apocalypse of, that will end all life on Earth, and uh, Norman Reedus is like her childhood friend, I guess, or something like that. Um, and she's like, you know, either like basically like this is going to happen anyway. Like at some point, there's going to be an extinction, and Norman Reedus has to convince her that like life is worth fighting for, and that humans aren't all garbage and all that. Um, and she basically is like, okay, I'm going to stay on the beach and um, hold back the the extinction event from happening. But as a result, people will no longer be able to go on the beach, I guess, or, or something like that. Um, or one way or the other, she's going to be on a higher plane of existence from everyone else. And Norman Reedus is like, no, you can't do it. It's like literally the Hamura and <laughs> Madoka scene. Where it's like, no, you're going to be so alone. You can't. And she's like, no, it's going to be fine. I'll be watching over you and I'll I'll always remember you, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, no, Norman Reedus, you are Hamura. <laughs> I would buy that Hideo Kojima is a fan of Monica Magica. That checks out. Yeah. <laughs> Where's where's this? He always tweets when he like watches a movie or something. Someone dig up a tweet where he's like, "Just finished Madoka Magica. What an excellent show! I loved how the girls were gay." Or get ready for when the next movie comes out to see if he says, "Oh, I just saw this in theaters." Oh my god! As a longtime fan oh, of the series, Hideo Kojima, come on the podcast when we inevitably watch the fourth movie when that's oh, out. God. Um. Yeah, kind of talking about the uh, her becoming God and transcending to a, a higher plane of existence there's there's two lines that i liked uh um in this episode regarding that uh, one i didn't write down um but i think like it's kubei maybe talking to madoka that's like if you like because of the wish you granted you'll basically become a god or whatever and she's basically like i don't care what you call it or whatever it's kind of like you know like it doesn't like she doesn't see it as like godhood or whatever like because that's like a very like specific way to think about that but um i kind of like her reaction to that and then um in that same same scene i think when kubei's talking her through the wish um she's like uh or he says uh no one can perceive you and likewise you cannot interact with anyone else and i'm like seems ideal honestly <laughs> <laughs> i literally just want vibes. to vibe in the universe alone forever <laughs> yeah exactly just want to usher in um, uh, a golden age of mag- magical girls and then just fuck off for eternity. Yeah, that yeah why don't right. we replace every shitty um, by the numbers or creepy isekai with more mag- magical girl shows? Like, seems good to yes. me. Um, I did not pull from Death Stranding, but there were two things I did pull from watching this ending. Um, uh, getting, uh, it reminded me of Akira. Yeah. Um, the ending of that, where Tetsuo um, basically becomes like, or not... Yeah, yes, Tetsuo uh, mm. becomes, like, you know, so powerful that he ushers in a new universe. Um, and also just has some big Final Fantasy energy at the end of this. Um, kind of, you know, like, lovers across timelines and transcending to higher planes and stuff like that. Very reminiscent of, like, Final Fantasy VIII and uh, parts of Seven and, and stuff like that. My brain uh, which I dug. Um, immediately went to the congratulations scene unsurprisingly it's 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 like that too yeah also this episode's just so fucking gay so fucking gay with the scene uh the scenes of homura and 
Uh, yeah, Monica. like the half the half so the episode okay. is them just like lounging together in in the ether, the void. I like that that it's like because she has like time manipulation magic that she can basically be like a conscious observer as Madoka um uh views the or as Madoka ushers in the new universe. Um, I almost don't want to say what it is because it's a thing I try not to spoil. But um, Danny, if you can psychically link up with me, there's a thing I'm thinking of a video game we've both played. <laughs> That has a similar vibe going on at the end of it. I'm not going to say it. Oh, I know which one good. this is, and I haven't even played it. <laughs> okay, but I'll, I'll just leave that there. That I also thought of that. God, just um, fucking so much gay yearning, and God, this fucking... To me, this scene makes the show worth watching. I'm trying to think what fucking... Oh, yes, oh. okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, was like... <laughs> guy who's only seen boss baby big boss baby energy for this but definitely like anytime i see something that reminds me of that game i'm like man good shit thank you clap 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 um i think that's all i have to say um uh most most of my notes are just like holy shit this rules i was not expecting this ending i thought it was going to have a bleak ending like danielle you mentioned like the original end of tv evangelion i was expecting more like end of ava <laughs> type tone for this episode i mean i am um, still the weirdo who thinks end of eva is ultimately hopeful at the end but that's well i i i'm more just uh, not even like whether still, it's like, a hopeful ending very or not, just bleak getting there yes yeah whereas like this was way more uplifting than i was expecting i just didn't i just didn't expect this tone this show to have this emotional range to it was my thing the first like 10 episodes or nine episodes i guess did not give me the vibe that the show was capable of pulling off an ending like this which was i was pleasantly surprised by. i will just uh explain my notes i just it caps lock holy fucking shit i love this the fucking lesbian yearning the fucking embrace between the two and then he bashes for five bullet points and then this episode is so fucking gay <laughs> holy shit and uh how many drinks had you had at that a point? lot yes <laughs> yes I... um Unsurprisingly, yeah, I was not, like, seeing super drunk, girls but I definitely being gay with each other and like just happy is it's like the single most important thing in the universe to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my first viewing of the series was definitely more positive than this one. I definitely have many, many more negative feelings towards this now. Um, however, one big thing that did change for me um, that I think is for the better is when I first saw this, I definitely viewed this as a downer ending of, oh, Madoka is outside of time and space and like she's going to be like miserable for all eternity, like taking on all this pain. Um, I guess I was seeing it from what Hamaru was saying and I didn't really like it didn't really resonate with me what Ma uh, Monica was saying because I assumed that she was just like, trying to make Homer feel better but like Monica really is right she's like no I you know I'm outside like I can see everything I'm with everyone I, you just can't see me like but I can like feel you kind of thing um in a way that it's like yeah it's like really kind of like you know it's not like a the happiest possible ending it could have had but it's also very much like a no one's like miserable by the end i guess i mean at least to me the thing is it's like monica picked her ending and she got the ending that she wanted exactly. is the big thing mm -hmm. there's there's an element of tragedy to it that she's you know detached mm -hmm. from the magical girl she wanted to save so badly but she chose this and yep. right so this is a bit of tragedy to to homer's 
role in all of that of you know her literal wish was to like save Monica and in a sense she didn't but in a way that's like like you said like Monica got to choose her own fate and not have her fate dictated dictated by Homura running the time loop over and over again and it's kind of nice that like Homura's ending is basically like getting over that grief you know of like accepting that like she made her own choice she made the sacrifice that she felt like she needed to make um, i am screaming about move i'm wanting to scream about movie three right now <laughs> and i i do love that um it's kind of like not implied it's it's almost explicit that like Homura's feelings for Madoka go so strong that they do transcend to that to the point where she like in some way feels Madoka still and like remembers her even though yeah, like, like they explicitly say like like she's basically like breaking the rules of the universe she's in in a minor way but like she is breaking those kinds of rules yeah it's good um last thing I will say uh about this episode is it did a lot to um you know, I complained about the earlier episodes not being very like well representative of the magical girl genre. And I do just like that eventually the way the show ends is like it becoming like more of like a magical girl show. Like you know, like I said before, like the ultimate message being like, no, like it is worth like maintaining hope no matter what, no matter how dangerous the costs and like, you know, like having that positivity at the end, like I said, was unexpected and is the kind of shit I want out of a magical girl show. So it did a lot to win me over. Uh, you know, like I said before, like I think it could have gotten there in a better way. I think a lot of the previous episodes could have been... I just think the show could have been a whole lot different and I would have liked it a lot better for that. But ultimately where it ended up, I was extremely happy with, which I was surprised by, to say the least. Yeah, I. if this episode wasn't here, I would not be nearly as positive on the show. This makes the show for mm. me. I also yeah. wanted to... I agree. Uh, point attention to the fact that in the uh, the t- the like the final timeline, Homura uses a bow as a weapon. And oh yes, oh, I, like I, I didn't even think about that. That's gay, like, yeah, gay, really homosexual, that's gay. Very good, very gay. Yeah, and it's also like the coolest weapon in the show. So good that she gets to use it. <laughs> also, I, we didn't talk about like uh, Monica's big like moment where she defeats Walpurgis Knock, but that's some sick fucking shit. <laughs> where she fires the bow into the sky and then it creates like the tree of life from End of Ava and, <laughs> and fires down a bunch of bow energy stuff, and it's all pink and gay and magical girly it's so good i guess it's also like um, important to like mention that monica's outfit becomes like angelic versus like her standard magical mm-hmm. girl outfit for, that we saw I earlier the, i believe the wiki called it uh ultimate monica when she's in that form i thought of it like a wedding dress on which was like that's kind of interesting i didn't think of it like movie like, three yeah yeah uh. <laughs> Do they get married in movies? Oh my god. Things happen and it's it, oh god, it's it's fucking gay. You've seen the fan art of of it. I, I know you have, Austin. But uh I'm excited to watch that. No. That's all I can hope for is that it's 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 gay. very I gay. I, I like this ending I like this ending so much that I'm like worried about them doing more <laughs> with these characters. So I'm definitely like bracing myself for disappointment, but I want. I'm not sure how like you're it. gonna feel about it, but it is gay. It's very gay. At least there's that. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, the blanket that we could hold th- over the, the cold times. <laughs> yeah, as sad as it is, my uh, standards for gay shit are significantly lower than my standards for uh, straight stuff, just because. <laughs> yeah. Take what you get. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I've been meaning to point this out. Uh. Th- between this episode and our last episode but um 
do want to shout out uh, Aoi Yuki's uh, phenomenal performance as Madoka. There's some really good uh, vocal performance from her in episodes 10 and 12. Um, and same with uh, Chiwa Saito, who does uh, Homura. Yeah, like, like one of those good, fucking yells good vocal performances in overall, the timeline really yes. fucking got me where uh, Homura yeah. has to kill Madoka. On that whole scene where, like, you know, we joked about, like, the what if we, uh, like, turned into monsters and we're both girls and gay uh, scene, like, the vocal delivery of that scene is really fucking affecting. Um, just two incredibly uh, talented voice actresses at, like, the like peak at peak performance it's you know um as but as good as this production is despite of how like all over the places the show is i think um the vocal performances from them too might be my favorite aspect of the the production it's really good so i'm looking at the wikipedia like episode list um just to make sure i'm not like forgetting anything uh or just like reread the plot summaries uh so one quick little note uh, apparently, episode eleven and twelve were a double feature because of the uh, Tohoku um, earthquake. Like it delayed episode oh, eleven. So they delayed eleven and, and then double featured just twelve, eleven, twelve. Apparently, the ending theme on the Blu-ray slash DVD release, the ending theme for episodes one and two is "See You Tomorrow" by Aoyuki. Oh, like the was it not like that in the what was it in the TV? I don't know. They don't say. Oh, we're, um, we're... She does the EDs for um, So I'm a Spider, So What too. Those are both great. Yeah, which is interesting. I didn't, I didn't put the, the two and two together. I was like, oh, that's, you know. Granted, I was listening yeah. to the uh, dub version, but. Um... Mm, yeah. Um, okay. Well, um, oh, <laughs> do we want to get into the trend that this show um, started of dark and edgy magical girl shows with quote unquote serious and adult themes? Yeah, they all fucking suck. <laughs> At the story. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I will uh, highlight, not shout out, but highlight <laughs> the one that I have watched. Um, uh, just funny that I watched this show but gave up on, on Monica uh, originally. But uh, I watched, back when it aired in 2016, uh, Baho Shoujo Ikusei Kikaku, or uh, Magical Girl uh, Raising Project, which is like, what if girls became magical girl shows and then had to fight in like a battle royale? <laughs> Like a fight to the death. Uh, it's very bad. Um, I uh, gave it a 2 out of 10 on my anime tracking uh, list that I use, uh, which I've not given many things lower than like a 5 because I usually give up on shows if they're that bad. But one of those things I was just like, I'm just going to stick with this. Let's see how bad it can get. <laughs> it gets really fucking bad. Would not recommend. As someone who's seen a few episodes of it, it's it's garbage. There's there's a neat trans character in there, but it's yes. garbage. <laughs> just look up the fan yeah. art of the trans character. That That's really all you need. Um, also, if you were, um, if you were, um, uh, uh, put a little on edge by the, the horniness of like the end cards and stuff in Madoka Magica and, and some of those things that we talked about, the show leans into that kind of stuff full force. Oh, so good. beware. Um, yeah, it's not great. Um, the big, <laughs> uh, edgy magical girl show I saw after Madoka was, uh, Yuki Yuna is a hero, which I believe was more popular because it had, uh, more spinoffs and like a sequel series um but like instead of going like uh in the same direction of edginess as um um as uh the one we just talked about i can't think of the name <laughs> um it would just oh, uh magic or yeah, Project. It just oh, i really... thought you i thought you meant madoka magica i was like uh <laughs> <laughs> like uh yuki yuna is a hero um 
ended up focusing on like the girls like basically sacrificing their bodies to be magical girls it's just not pleasant but i guess it's better than the other one because there's you know scenes of the girls bonding with each other and it's gay but i like, still wouldn't recommend watching it if you want an edgy magical girl show you're not going to do better than madoka and please just watch regular magical girl shows yes or watch like other magical girl shows that have like more serious themes than you know like a, a normal series of uh, precure or um do re mi or shows like that you know like i can't speak highly enough of sailor moon as i'm sure most people would there's also a uh, magical girl uh or utena uh which people don't you know bring up often in talking about magical girl shows but like absolutely um did you say magical girls like that. There, what's that, what's instead that? of revolutionary oh, girl <laughs> revolutionary girl same difference um, card capture soccer getting, getting my words another, out you know like excellent yes card capture soccer show magical girl show to watch um what is that other um uh ikuhara magical girl show i've not seen it so i won't that's that's not sailor moon or <laughs> uh, utena um are you thinking of hirikuma arashi because that's not a magical girl yes show. is that not okay well i've not seen it so never very mind. gay very <laughs> um, gay yeah <laughs> Um, I mean, but yeah, so that like there's other stuff to check out. I guess if you want extremely edgy stuff, then there's Madoka and then all the stuff that came out of it. Like, is, there's a magical girl Shite, right? Like, that's another super edgy one. I, I think I uh, get Raising Project and Shite confused, honestly. I think they're very similar in terms of um, how edgy they are. Uh, they're all trash. Yeah. I don't, I, I probably, I used to have a bad habit of watching way too many shows per season. I probably just watched um, Raising Project because like some fan subgroup was doing it and was just watching too much at the time. Okay. Yeah. Raising Project is the one with the trans character. That's the only yes. thing. That's good. I do like the trans character's design because, you know, like Dragon Girl Knight is good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's like food. laser focused on my brain you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> all right well i i think that's it unless anyone has anything else or shall we we close the book well we're not closing I, the book on i keep Monica, thinking because we got the movie so he's yeah we still got the movie but we're done with the tv show we can close the book on the tv show and get ready to open the book on rebellion which we'll be watching next time i'm excited i I actually just read the plot summary. It was a little bit less excited after reading the plot summary, but I remember the oh no, <laughs> I remember the fights were animated really well. It's nice to see character interactions again, and mm. the ending is so fucking gay. <laughs> all right, well, I guess we will all be looking forward to that. Um, okay, well, now that we're done with Madoka, uh, what uh, or you know the TV series? What other uh, anime have y'all been watching? Um, I guess I'll start. Um. Not anime, but I've been reading the Kakegurui manga, and I've been enjoying it. I probably will end up watching the second season of the show, because I've seen the first one. Um, already made my opinions on it known on Twitter, but I think Mary and uh, Yumiko should kiss on screen, preferably. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're, they're really fucking playing up how much, how, like, uh, you know, like, physically affectionate Yumiko is towards Mary <laughs> in some of the yes. manga. And it's good. It's very, very good. Very good. Um, I also, uh, just yesterday finished, uh, Slime 300. Um, they changed around the plot to have a nice, comfy final episode where they, like, just run a cafe for a day and you see all the side characters come back and it's just like, yes, perfect ending, thank you. Yeah, that sounds really nice. <laughs> just soft, everyone's there. Yeah, that was, that was about awesome. it for me. Well, what have, uh, you been watching, Danny? Um, not much. I, you know, just, just today started watching, um... A place further than the universe. 
Um, but no, yeah, this uh, last week or two has been kind of busy getting settled into my new job, settled into my new place. Yeah, no. Uh, no, no other anime. I've been uh, starting to replay through Spiritfarer, which is a game that uh, really kind of deeply impacted me the first time I played it, and um, definitely something that I've been having a lot of new perspectives on, given some things that have been going on in my life. So, um, yeah, excited to kind of finish through that. It's definitely something I highly recommend. Um, if you're not convinced, um, read the Alex Navarro write-up on it um, in their like top 11 games of 2020 on Giant Bomb. Um, but yeah, other than that, just uh, for better or worse, Madoka. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I definitely second the, that Alex Navarro piece on uh, Spiritfarer for his Game of the Year list for 2020. Really great piece of writing um, about what seems like a great game. I need to play that myself. Um, oh boy, uh, I uh, seems like I watched the most anime of of us this this past couple of weeks. I finished a couple this season, kind of wrapping up to a close. So um, uh, Godzilla Singular Point ended. Um, had a really good finale. They set it up for a second season, which I am hopeful gets made. I don't think they've officially announced it, but there's definitely room for it. Um, uh, but good show. Definitely like a Godzilla show heavy on like the the science, which was interesting to see. Um, uh, I like that a lot. A great style had like um, animation from Bones doing the 2D animation and um, uh, Orange, who does Beastars. Uh, to kind of give you a sense of their pedigree doing the 3D animation for a lot of the like um, robots and monsters uh, or the kaiju in that. Um, that was a fun series. And then um, in that similar vein, uh, Dinazanon or SSSS Dinazanon also finished recently. Uh, and I really grew to love that show uh, as it ended up. Um, uh, I saw a tweet that kind of pointed this out, but it's like, um, it's actually kind of <laughs> funny how uninterested in uh, that show is in the lore, um, which I was frustrated by at first, just because I wanted to know more of the context or like why certain things were happening. But once it became clear that like that wasn't the point of the show, it was a lot more fun to watch, I guess. And also like it was the kind of show that's much more focused on the characters, and I like that kind of stuff. The character stuff was strong throughout, and I really liked how they wrapped up um, certain characters' um, story arcs. Some pretty egregious errors in the official subs though oh so yeah be wary of that there's one particular scene where they're reading a news article about a mummy that went missing but the japanese word for mummy is very similar to the loan word for mirror uh so they in the subs say like oh this thousand year old mirror went missing while they're looking at a phone screen that's literally got like a picture of a mummy on it i guess kind of proof that the translation was probably done from a script and not from the actual episode um so that kind of stuff is frustrating um especially because like stuff like that like changes the meaning of the scene um but good show overall um would recommend it i need to go back and watch gridman now i watched like the first episode yeah i was gonna ask if you were gonna end up watching gridman i probably will after after now that i'm done with dinazanon because i i did like that gridman's a, lot. a little um, bit gay i guess <laughs> what you know good <laughs> dinazanon was very straight but one of those things where it's like okay but i was rooting for the two like straight characters that end up getting together at the end of the show so it's fine like it was it was good um but definitely could have been gayer and there, i guess there's some characters from gridman that were in dinazanon and because i hadn't seen gridman i didn't know that they were explicitly from that but oh, it makes shit. sense so I have, I have plenty of reasons to go back to that um and then i've i've been you know keeping up with turn a gundam uh holy shit <laughs> turn a gundam's one of the best gundam shows 
uh, I'm like a fourth of the way through it now, um, but I feel strong enough in saying that the first 12 episodes have been good enough to say like it probably is one of the best Gundam series I'll watch in this grand journey I'm on. Uh, it's definitely been my favorite show I've, I've watched since like Victory Gundam, which was several series ago at this point. Um, I know we talked a bit about when we talked about Gundam of like what's a good place to start with Gundam uh, or like w- what's a good place to go after you watch like the original series because I really do think you should start there. Um, Turn A might be a good place. Uh, you know, I'll see by the time I get to the end of it how much I want to stick with that recommendation. It's definitely in conversation with uh, older UC stuff, but I think it's like um, enough of its own thing that you could probably go straight to it after um, first Gundam. So I don't know if you haven't seen that and you're interested, definitely check it out. It's very, very good. And also check out, I keep shouting it out, but seriously check out great Gundam project. Um, Austin Walker, uh, Jackson and M on that are having really good discussions about that show. Um, So can't recommend that enough. Um, but I think that's going to do it. Um, anyone else have anything else they want to shout out? Yeah, I want to get started watching some more stuff, but I think I will be doing the extra credit on the, uh, Monica movies, because I think it'll be helpful to have that reference for next episode. Yeah, for sure, if you want to do that. Um, well, uh, I've been Austin. You can find me at, uh, chai underscore squared on Twitter. Where can people find you, Danielle? I am at lesbunny with one N on Twitter. <laughs> And where can people find you, Danny? You can find me at Cover Me and Sauce on Twitter. All right, Daniela, take us out of here. Be crimes, do gay, and kiss your magical girl girlfriend. <laughs> See y'all next time. <laughs>